and Ed. Hello, I'm Sean. And I'm Chris. And welcome to the Lack of Focus podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to another episode of Lack of Focus. I am your host, Ed Horn, and tonight with me, I will have one Mr. Sean Dorsey. Sean, how's it going, my friend? Good, Ed. How you doing? I'm fantastic. And the inmates are running the asylum. That's right. We're completely unsupervised. Chris is not here to stop us. We can talk about anything we want. And we did promise a Steam Deck and Aquarium show. So we might get into a lot of that. We shall see where the night goes. We don't really have a plan beyond that. So I'm going to start, of course, with what you've been doing lately. And Sean, what have you been doing lately? Um, well, since we're kind of in a uh, a new era of lack of focus for tonight, um, not a whole lot. Um, setting up a fish tank. That's kind Yay! of... Yay! That's the, finally getting started, I saw. Yep, and it's still, you know, in that same state. But I got the stand where it's going to go, the tank where it's going to go. Um, it'll have to... I'll still have to put a backing on it. I just use a black trash bag for that. I've been meaning to do the black backing on mine. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Black trash bag actually sounds like a really simple solution. It is. And it's actually a really good solution, to be honest. I mean, because they sell um, that vinyl stuff that you can put on there that kind of sticks to it. Yeah, but but you could... Why are you going to spend, you know, 20, 30 bucks for, because you have a 29. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, spend pennies on the dollar for the same thing in a black trash bag. Yeah, it does the exact same gonna... thing. That's exactly. actually a really good really good point i think i might take that i think that's my you just made my weekend project <laughs> you know, I that, forgot, that, I, i'm sorry i forgot to ask you at the beginning like did you do you have a t any tank set up currently or are you just now getting back to it so for a long time i had a 28 cube aquarium 28 gallon cubed aquarium that sat like left of where i'm at right now for about 10 years and I kind of hit the point where I just got sick of it. You know, that's a cool tank. Don't get me wrong, but it's not my favorite shape of tank or, you know, it's, it was a good tank, but it's not a good enough tank for, you know, having fish that want to swim, you know, having the back and forth, you know, kind of yeah. you get to me, the, the, the size of tank that's best for fish in my opinion is that 30 inch or larger tank. So any tank that is 30 inches long, no matter how tall it is, too, but a 30-inch tank gives them a lot of room to swim back and forth. Yeah, especially and, if they're, like, tank fish anyway. They they want more of that vertical movement. Now, I'm not a fan of those cube ones myself either for that reason, because I feel like you're giving a whole bunch of vertical room that you don't really need. And, and you know, it, it was the same height, actually, as probably a little taller than what a 29-gallon would have been you know, in height, yeah. but you're not getting, it's, you know, deeper. It was a lot deeper than the, whatever, 13 and a half inches, the, the 29 and 20 longs are. So, you know, it's like 20 inches deep or something like that and a little bit taller. But yeah, you don't get the, the, the fish just don't, they have to swim in circles, you know, when they're in a tank like that, rather than swimming the length, turn around and, you know, cause that's what fish do. You know? They when do. You, when they're in an aquarium and, you know, you're enclosing them. They're basically just going to swim back and forth. And I like it to where they have, you know, the the breadth. So anyway, so I, I got rid. I shut that tank down. The the last fish had died in that tank, and um, I had shut it down. And I bought a little five and a half gallon cube aquarium. 
that I was going to put a um, labeta in and, you know, some shrimp and stuff in it. And in reality, just I just don't like that tank either. So I bought it and then I gave it to somebody else because it just wasn't what I wanted for a fish tank. And then I sat down and, and I was going over, well, if I'm going to do this again, where am I going to put it? And, you know, what am I going to do? How, you know, my favorite fish tank ever was a 20 gallon long that I did that sat about two feet from the head of my bed when my bedroom was in another part of the house. And that tank I had, um, I had a canister filter on, which seems crazy, you know, because it's a 20 gallon tank. Why are you putting a canister filter on it? It seems a little bit overkill, sure. <laughs> well, so think about this. The more filtration you have, the more water movement you have, the more turns of water you have, the more bio load you can have. Sure, sure. There so, is. I, I always overfiltrate, but if, I don't know. If, I've not done any of the canister filters. This canister filters always felt like 150 and above. Do you know what I mean? Depends on, you know, the, it depends on brand and it depends on, you know, what you really want. Um, and I bought what you would call, it's what you call the economical brand of power filter. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, it's a fluval. So oh, it's, well, uh, I, like their, I like their tanks though. I saw one on Facebook yeah. I almost picked up. But yeah, it was like and it's a 45 minute drive, and I'm like, I'm gonna spend more in gas than I am on the fish tank. So eh. right. So this is this is a Fluval, it's a 107. Um, so it's designed for smaller tanks, you know, just a mm-hmm. small little canister filter. Um, the thing I like about this is it has so right here, I don't have them in right now. Where the hoses go in, they have a lock so that when you're, you can shut your your filtration off at this lock, and then you can open gotcha. it up, and the water won't pour. Because you know what happens when you have water in tubes coming out of something at a higher level than a lower level. Gravity. You're gonna, yeah, you're going to suction it out, and it's going to pour all over the place. Well, this has a lock that allows you to shut that off, so you can disconnect the hoses without them draining out and then you can do whatever maintenance you're going to do to your power filter so i like that idea a lot um and then of course i'm a bi- heavy bio load person in tanks so yeah, if, and if, you're if you don't have it. if you don't have heavy filtration your bio load is small in a tank you know it's basically one inch per gallon yeah and that's where that, that, to... that old euphemism comes one inch per fish per gallon yeah, kind of thing. And, and with that too, you got to remember, you put substrate in your tank, you're removing gallons. Yes. So I'm going to put about an inch and a half to two inches of substrate in a twenty gallon. A twenty gallon's only twelve inches tall. Sorry, I had a child that was asking me if I wanted popcorn. My apologies. Oh. Leave that in, Chris. One hundred percent. You know, so so with this tank, you know, being a twenty gallon tank. With two inches of substrate, it's going to lose space. So the only way I can make space up is I'm going to put a power filter on it, and then I'm going to put two sponge filters, one in each corner of the tank. So my second tank, I think I'm going to, like, I think I I told you before, I'm debating doing a smaller shrimp-only tank. Because I'm, and maybe I'm overreacting, potentially. I've not seen a lot of my shrimp in the last, two weeks or so since i started adding fish to them. like before there were fish in the tank you could just i could almost spot seven to ten seven to eight shrimp on the, on the regular but now i can only see like 
three or four. And I'm concerned, like, did they die and I didn't see it? Is there something going on in the water or are they just hiding? That being said, I looked at pictures that I sent you whenever we were at Adepticon from whenever I put those Amazon swords in to start off with the plants for those who don't know. Um, and they were really, really small. And I look at those pictures from just in like April to now, those Amazon swords are gigantic. So it's entirely possible with the dragon stone I have, which is a very, which is literally stones that have holes in them or they're hiding in the back. And they could be like, I see them every once in a while. Yeah, exactly. For those who we're not recording video, but like there's a lot of holes in porous areas and most of those shrimp were preparing to have babies. So, like, I'm assuming one of two things is true. Either A, they died and I didn't see it, or B, um, they're just hiding. They're Because at one point in time, I put a bubble wall filter in there, thinking, like, to get a little bit more aeration in there, because I was concerned about, like, oh, I'm adding more fish, maybe I need a little bit more aeration. And I think that genuinely stressed the fish out uh, more than nope. anything else. It, it, it won't, because, so, it all depends how powerful you're running it. Well, it doesn't you have know, a check valve on it. That's the problem. That, like, oh, I, I wish yeah, I had yeah. known I that. Forgot, I forgot about that. Yeah, you need, yeah, a, so like it's you need a valve. Full, yeah, it's full blast. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm gonna hold on to the, like, I have no problem with the air pump. Whenever I set up a, a shrimp-only tank, because honestly, like, I never did shrimp before. And now that I've done them, I just want a shrimp-only tank. And it seems weird because it's supposed to be an aquarium. It's like, oh, you're supposed to have all the fish. I'm like, no, 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 no. I think I, I just want a shrimp-only tank. So I want to do like a bubble filter on there and then I'm going to get the check valve so that it's not on full blast the whole time. The whole idea of a bubble filter really seems bizarre to me because it mechanical pumps make sense to me. There's a mechanical pump, sucks the water out of the tank, pushes it through some sort of medium to catch all the debris kind of thing. And that's where your that's where yeah. all of your that's where all of your um good and bacteria kind of grow. And then it kind of just like pushes it out through an output. So the idea of a bubble filter seems bizarre to me. And the fact that it's basically just a sponge and air that runs through it. And as the air moves the water, it kind of creates a bit of suction to so, kind of suck everything through the sponge. Are, are you talking about a You're talking about a sponge filter, right? Correct. Which okay. I, they're so, all new to me. I'd never seen them before. Okay. So, so I just bought, this is my order from Aquarium Co-op. So I literally am opening Love it. Love their YouTube channel, by the way. Yeah. So I, so I have this that I'm going to put over the inlet to the um the canister filter oh so basically gotcha, gotcha, you gotcha. put it over so babies and shrimp and shit can't and i i did the same thing with my aqua clear 70 yep and you know so that's one of the things that you got to do um, but one of the things and i learned this this is something i just learned this week or right before i ordered this is um so in here i should have should have a so right here, sponge filter. So one of the things about sponge filters, and I did not know this. So, you know, you have basic pieces of a sponge filter, right? The the filter the filter media, the body, and then where the air hose connects into it, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have the tube that extracts water. Well, what I learned, which I never knew before, is you should be running them with an air stone in them. Interesting. See, that's what I mean. It's like the not like the big ones, just like those little cylinder ones that they have. So what you want to get is a there. So these are really freaking cool. Like I said, I learn all the time watching videos and all different kinds of stuff. Let's see air supplies. Let's see. So you want to get what's called a ZIS adjustable air stone. 
So what it is, is they have their discs. So it's an airstone that you can take apart and then you put discs in for the airstones so that you can manage the size of bubble that's coming out. So fewer discs, fewer discs, bigger bubbles, smaller discs, or more discs, smaller bubbles. So when you have when you have these, you know, filters like this and you're putting you're you're having the bubbles or the bubbles are being created in it, what's happening is a lot of times if you don't run an airstone, the bubbles come out of the filter. So basically you want to put an airstone on it. So a tube in. So instead of using the tube port that's on it, like this one is, you run the you've run the tubing between the little holes and I don't know how well Yeah, I can see it, yeah. And then basically from there then you have a um you have a controlled, you know, air coming out. Controlled Interesting. Air. So that's something that I just learned, which I thought was really cool to learn because if you just run it like this and attach the the hose to the little spot, your bubbles are too big. So the bubbles that are coming out are gonna be, you know, nickel size and bigger you know and if you don't have a if you don't have a valve that you can needle it down which all you need is a little plastic this yeah i've I've seen like pet smart and places like that or whatever your uk equivalent is of a chain pet store has them all over the place i just didn't get one i didn't because most of some air pumps actually have them on the pump itself and i thought this one did and it didn't right and you can get them you know you can get a metal plastic you know make sure you get check valves and then one thing about aquarium co-op that a lot of you know this is why i go there is they have what's called a usb nano air pump yep 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 i've seen i love that because if power goes out you can plug it into if you have like a battery adapter thing to Mm -hmm. charge your phone you can plug them into that and then your fish will get oxygen you know like my canister filter yeah my canister filter will be off the light will be off should be off well, it won't be in my house because I have I have solar, but but uh, you know this is a way that you can keep you know if your power's out for fifty hours, your fish can die in your tank. Sure can because they're not getting the the distribution of oxygen being pulled in, and the and you got to remember too the air the air that's like the little bubbles that are coming up out of any type of filter are not really true oxygen. It's air, you know, it's compressed right. air. And the oxygen exchange comes at the top of the water. That's where right. whenever it's a the bubble surface pops, agitation. Yeah. Yep, bubble pops, CO2 goes out, oxygen gets pulled in. Now, if you have live plants, when you see little bubbles on plants, that's pure oxygen coming out. That's oxygen, um, you know, purling out of the plant. I was just going to I was just going to I just learned that term this week. I had never heard that before because I, I watched this video the other day of this uh I think it was Aquarium Co-op. Irene from Aquarium Co-op, I'll shout out to her and the, her contributions to that channel, um, had talked all about purling plants. I'm like, what the heck is a purling plant? I'd never seen that before. And you could quite literally, when the lights are on, the the, the UV lights are on for your tank, you can w- quite literally watch a stream of bubbles coming off the plant. But as soon as the light goes off, they stop producing oxygen, the stream right. stops. I'm like, that's badass. Now I've got to get a couple of those as well. Just because I right. want to see that. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's the cool part of all of this is just understanding the basics of this stuff is just, uh, you know, 
Fish tanks is like science if you really want to get a hundred percent. I I've got a chemistry test every single week that I do in my water checks. Yep. I literally literally have a log on my phone where I track. Hang on, I'll pull it up. I pull my pH. I pull my. Hang on, where's my where's my? I just looked just did this the other day. Pull my pH, ammonia, nitrate, and nitrate levels. And uh, my kit, even though I got the API like master kit, doesn't yep. do um, water hardness. So when I get paid next, the next my next hobby fund is going to go in and getting that water hardness test. Um, just to just to see what it's at. That's the one thing that I'm not testing that I should be. You could probably just take, you know, get a cup of it, take it to your fish store, and they could probably test it for you. You're 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 right. They can, but it's kind of part of my routine now. Like every Saturday, it's test the water, test all those parameters. Do I need to do a water change? I have not done a water change in almost a month. And you don't have to. Yeah, because I haven't had to because the plants are soaking up all of the nitrates. Like I was concerned whenever I added those, I added, I've basically got now I've got 11 uh, neon tetras that are in there. One of one of the other ones died and I just didn't care about getting it replaced. Um, but I've got 11 neon tetras in there. I've got the five galaxy respirator, which the males are coming in in color now. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. There's only two of them in there, but oh my God, are they gorgeous. Um, and I was concerned with putting, you know, 16 fish in there that weren't in there two weeks ago that it was going to really screw up the the chemistry but it really didn't the plants just started soaking up all of those nitrates so the water levels are pretty good yeah and that's 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 the thing about live plants is you know so here's another great thing i learned too because you you know when you're doing the aquarium hobby they always talk about cycling the tank right yeah and and you'll hear that'll be the first thing that someone tell you is your tank cycled cycled before you put fish in it because it's kind of cruel to put it through a nitrogen cycle while there is still fish in alive. I mean, it so. depends. It depends what type of fish. If you get zebra danios, you could put them in, you know, radioactive water, you know, and they'll be <clears> fine. <throat> you know, zebra danio is like the fish. If you want to cycle a tank that you don't have plants in, zebra danio is the way to go. You have five of them, drop them in, and they'll they'll deal with the cycling. You know, they'll deal with the uh, with the ammonia, they'll deal with, you know, now if they die, you know, you have really critical issues with your tank. Uh, sure. But, but it's well, like. I, to I, I told you with mine, though, like, so like, the, and maybe it was just the, the soil that I use, because there's soil, the way that I did my tank is I did soil with gravel on top. Um, that soil came pre-fertilized. So my first three or four days mm -hmm. of running my filter, the water was cloudy. And that's all ammonia. That's all that is. At first, like, well, okay, maybe it's, day it's one was. Just, it's not just that, but it's particulates too. Because you're sure. always going to have, when you do a tank, no matter what, no matter how hard and heavy you clean stuff, there mm. are always going to be particulates on it. You know, like you you have dr you have driftwood in there. It doesn't matter if you boil it. Doesn't matter if if you sit there and wash it with a spray bar for like a, my little stick piece that I have in mind. That's thirty inches long or twenty nine inches long. I washed it with scalding hot water for about 20 minutes and even at the end it was still finding dirt to come off and stuff so i did i did the same thing for my two pieces of driftwood i still ended up with that white fungus that grew up but oh boy did the shrimp gobble that up yeah the, the shrimp, shrimp and the snails oh boy yeah and you know so the, the other funny thing i've learned too because i'm doing this different i haven't done it like my my 28 cube was planted but it wasn't planted normally it was just kind of i just did different things with it. This one is going to be kind of aquascape. 
So I have, you know, Val Sanelia in the back with temples, you know, temple, uh, Scarlet Temple in the back, you know, so there's a red green mixture in the back. Oh, I'm like not going to do, I'm not going to do golden rule with it because that's what, when you aquascape and you're like in contests, you want to do golden rule, the, you know, one third to two third, you know, Dutch style where you have a gap in the, you know, mm-hmm. off the center of the middle and stuff. I'm not going to do all that, but I want mine to be densely planted in the back semi i'm gonna have mosses growing i'm gonna glue moss to the yeah that's another thing i never knew existed they actually have super glues that are intended to glue down yeah. moss i've never yeah. heard that before so i'm gonna do mosses with super glue um and then you know i'm gonna do banana plants because i love banana plants i think they're the I did those ones before those are cool they're cool. I'm going to do two banana plants. I'm going to do one tiger lily, uh, like a dwarf tiger lily or dwarf lily. So it'll grow up to the top and put lily pads up on top and stuff. My um, floating my floating plants are going crazy. It's almost to the point that I'm thinking about taking a few to the pet store and see if they want them. Yeah, you actually floating. You do not want floating plants to take over the top of the tank. Yeah. You need them in about a no more than about a third of the tank or your air exchange is going to go. Well, that's they're They're at a third right now. So like it's getting to the point another couple of weeks, my next trip to the pet store, I think I might bring some of those dinner. Hey, I grew these my tank from the ones I bought from you. Do you want them? Luckily my store does have a buyback policy. Like they a hundred percent will buy them. I don't know that I'm going to make, I'm not, I don't know that I'm going to make money on growing plants in my tank, but at least like I'd rather, I'd rather instead of tossing them in the garbage kind of thing, you know? Yeah, or compost them. You know, you yeah, can the other. don't you flush do them too. down the toilet. You know, don't flush them down the toilet. No, but but that's that's a big thing with it. Like for me, with the fish store I'm going to deal with here locally. Now, one of the things is I'm not going to buy fish locally. Sorry, you know, it's they're too expensive. They if are I way didn't too have expensive. the store that I have near me, I would a hundred percent agree with you. Except again, shout out completely unprompted for those of you in the Western Pennsylvania area. Um, Elmer's Aquarium in in Monroeville in Pittsburgh um, is has been around for 35 years. The owner has been doing this for a lifetime. Fantastic show. I, I don't buy my fish from anywhere else, but um, the only thing that I outsourced, um, I felt that he was a little high on his red cherry shrimp. Um, he's charging $10 a shrimp. Um, so I bought 10 shrimp that would have cost me 100 bucks. I bought them for 50 bucks online. Um, I think I got those from Flip Aquatics and they were fantastic. Um, that's the only thing that I've outsourced. And I think maybe, I think I picked up a mystery snail from Petco. Um, so mystery so, snails are mystery snails. Yeah. I mean, although they, mine had an adventure, I'll tell you that in a second. <laughs> I found they, one on the, I found one on the floor when I was vacuuming. I, do you know the little tube thing when you're trying to like vacuum your corners and kind of up there, yep. I was vacuuming behind the tank. And I, I'm like, what the hell was that? And I turned the vacuum off immediately, turned it over and rolled out. And there's my, there's my mystery snail. I'm like, Oh God. I have no idea how long it's been on the floor. I have no idea. Is it alive, dead? What is it? So I rinsed it off, got all the dog hair off of it, put it back in the tank. He sat for two days, and then he's fine. Yeah. He's bigger yeah. and better than ever now. He just he just started hibernating on you. Yeah. I guess, you I know? mean, that's what I said. Like, maybe he was just kind of recovering to make sure, like, you know, I was just outside the tank. That was kind of a traumatic. All right, now I'm good. Yeah. So one of the reasons, so there's a place called Aquahuna. Um, it's... You know, kind of like a wholesale, but they sell to people and stuff. Um, you know, like Aquarium Co-op doesn't sell fish. They sell plants, but they don't sell they do. fish through the mail. They they have them at their store, but not through the mail. And Aquahuna, the reason why I go with these guys is because 
if I want Galaxy Rasporas, I'm going to pay four bucks a piece. Yeah, I pay ten a piece for mine. You know, I'm not going to lie. Blue, blue velvet shrimp, if I go with those, three fifty a piece. You know. Ooh. Um, chili rasporas, which I'm going to put in, are two ninety a piece. Um, if what I was do, what the name of this place they gave you? I think I might be writing this shit down. Aqua A Q U A Huna H U N A A Q U H U A N A. I am checking that out whenever I'm done here. Because yeah, obviously, like I said H- I just got H- done H- telling you H U N A, not A N A. Oh, H U. Okay, H U N A. Because I literally just said I'm debating starting a second tank. H U N A. And they do, they do, it's like two day shipping. They have a guaranteed policy. So they'll refund if fish die. You just got to take pictures of them and stuff. But they have such a gigantic selection of fish, you know. So when you order them, you're ordering them in quantities. So the Galaxy Rasporas, you're ordering eight of them for $31.92. Yeah. But shipping is $12.99 and it's well packed in foam, you know, kind of like you see fish stores getting. Yeah, Flipper Aquatics so, did my, whenever I got mine, um, because of the weather, it was nice. It was, but it was a, um, it was a box that had uh, insulation, the foam insulation all the way through, like the the harder styrofoam kind of thing. Like yep. uh, if you bought a TV, that kind of styrofoam yep. um, kind of thing. And they were well wrapped in newspaper and like they were in a breather bag, which I had never seen a breather bag before. So yep. there are two types of plastic bags that they can ship fish in. Um, a breather bag is one that you can't put into your tank for acclimating to temperature because if you do they literally suffocate um that bag is designed to have water you know oxygen exchange through that bag luckily i had looked that up and knew what it was when i saw it um so i had to actually put them in one of my little breeder bins and kind of just sit them in the tank let them acclimate that way as opposed to all right breeder bin hell it was a tupperware container that i literally put in the tank and floated they were fine yeah shrimp are pretty good you know you 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 know, one of the things you may want to do is drip, drip next time. I, so, I did that. I 100% did do that. Drip? Yeah, I did it manually. I didn't have like, yeah. I know some people have like a little line that you can set up. I just literally just took like an eyedropper every yep. couple, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And then over time acclimated them that way. Right. But, you know, if you go to that website with Aquahuna, they're now, you know, they sell out of like they have small, medium, large sizes. They have whatever you really want they have now they may not have it every day but they have it mm. I will, i'm gonna definitely check them out because as soon as you said the the blue shrimp i'm like oh well, i they have red- oranges they have oranges the, and i'm talking you know like the the what are they the uh neo what neo caradina caradina shrimp Nina that's caradina, that's a, they also that's have a- the other the neo whatever they are shrimp the ones that are that you could have in a tank with the Neo Cardinas, Caradinas. It's like the crystal reds and all of those, the, yeah, the fancy yeah. shrimp. Um, you After could, the you money know, is if you want to breed shrimp. Yeah, they're hard as they're hard to breed. Those types of shrimp are hard to breed. The cherries and you know the Neo Caradinas are easy. You know, they're the shrimp berry. You have a male with a female, and poof, you're probably going to have shrimp. You know, you That's should have. Shrimp. My hope. And one of the things, so you were talking about not seeing your shrimp. A lot of times, if you have large pieces of driftwood, you have heavily planted bed. Now, if you don't have a, like a lawn in your tank, so the front of your tank, which you don't, they're not probably going to come to the forefront of your tank, you know? 
because there's nothing there that's going to interest them or they'll do it when it's, you know, when it's dark. Well, that's what I was thinking too. Maybe they're just coming out in the dark. Well, and the way that I'm, so I did a, a lot of research on what it was, what it would take to breed shrimp. And one of the things that they need, they need a lot of hiding places for the babies because they don't want to get picked off. Um, they don't actually have a ton of movement whenever they're first born. So they pretty much stay where they are for the first few days of their life. So like the two pieces of driftwood I've had basically have a little caves under them. And I've often caught shrimp kind of like underneath the driftwood hanging out in those caves. So between those, the dragonstone, the, the heavily plant, I mean, they could literally... I also just got done um, getting uh, mulberry leaves because uh, baby shrimp eat different foods. Um, I, I let my tank get a little bit green with the intention of being able to eat some of the algae off the side, but they don't. Sometimes you want to give like a little bit more calcium. So I always do these little um, pellets I put in, but I also got um, dried mulberry leaves because yep. it'll make a significant amount of biofilm for them and they'll be able to eat off of that. So my hope is I just put my first leaf in yesterday is in the it's going to take about a week or so. Before that breaks down. Oh, there you go. There you go. I almost did that. Is that the powdered food? Yeah, it's the it's yeah, it's it's basically powdered, but it's for small fish fry and you know, you can give it to shrimp too. I'm um, absolutely babying my Galaxy R spores. I take standard flake fluid and I actually crush it up into a powder because their mouths are so small they can't actually eat standard flake fluid, which I didn't know until after I got them. When they get to full size, they can, but when sure. they're smaller, they're, they have a harder time with it. Now they can chew it. You know, if you put a flake in, they can take a bite out of it and then it'll float, take a bite out of, you know, that type of thing. Sure, this sure. thing is get the, you know, like the freeze dried brine shrimp like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I could do that too. And then frozen, get frozen brine shrimp. Um, reason being is brine shrimp are real small. So or get live brine shrimp too. I was just yeah. gonna. I was gonna say that like they sell bags of live brine shrimp right there, right there, and it is actually really kind of cool if you're really into it, um, to put live food in there and actually watch your fish chase after them and leave it. The other yeah. thing is leave it because it's still gonna be food for your fish. Yep. And, and shrimp and whatever else you know live. So like flake food is good, but it's kind of like feeding a dog or a cat um, dry food. You know, right. there's a limit to what they're going to get out of it unless it's specifically designed. Like my cats get um, specifically de de des designed cat food that is basically 95% protein. You know, it doesn't have all the additives where a lot of fish foods do. They have the, you'll see different color flakes in it and stuff, you know, because part of it's the nutrients for, for color. Sometimes you're getting nutrients. But really, fish need stuff like what they would eat in the wild. You sure. know, if you want them to be vibrant in color, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's the one thing about fish tanks to me is it's you're always going to learn. You know, if you have a problem, you're going to go watch a video and you're going to learn how to do it. Like for me, I have to decide, excuse me, if I'm going to do a quarantine tank or if I'm not going to do a quarantine. That, so that's, that's the that's the other reason I want to set up that second tank because I can't imagine I'm going to get so once the shrimp colony is at a size that if I lose a few fry here and there I'm not too concerned it's going to double as a quarantine tank. Yep. Um, and for those who are listening and don't understand the idea is if you decide to add a new fish to your tank you don't want to put it into your main tank right away. 
if that fish is sick in the, you know, the pet store didn't know that they were sick or the place you ordered from online is didn't know you're just introducing a brand new infection to your main tanks. And that, and then you're treating the whole tank. If you do have to treat one fish that's sick, you would much rather do it in a small off to the side tank as opposed to the main tank. And then you let that fish in there for a few weeks. If it's fine after a few weeks, then you can move it over to your main tank. I had no fish in my tank, so I had no reason to have a quarantine tank. Now I do. Right. And like, you know, I bought the Marison, so that's a bacterial mm-hmm. parasitic. Yeah, that's my next. That's my next list of stuff is all the quote unquote yep. medicines that you should have. Because, because what's going to end up happening is if you're going to notice like, oh my goodness, one of my fish has ick. It's going to be on a Sunday night. All the pet stores are going to be closed. And there's nothing you can do about it. And oh crap, I go to work on Monday. When am I going to have time to treat this? It's better and, off to have that stuff in your house and under your, under your little stand um, and not need it than to need it and not have it kind of thing. Right. And that's like, you know, so buy a 10 gallon aquarium. You know, that's, that's that's what I'm shooting for a, a 10 gallon aquarium that literally like, so this is what I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. So am I going to do a 10 gallon aquarium or am I just going to do like I've always done in the past and just put fish in and not really give a crap? I don't know yet, but I'm going to, I'm thinking about setting up. So once I get my first, so my tank's going to get set up. It's going to be set up for 30 to 45 days with plants, with everything else. Not, I'm not even going to seed feed it or anything like that. I am just going to feed the plants. So the just substrate, a, yeah, the substrate is, yep, the substrate is a clay, clay substrate. And then I'm going to put rock over the top of gravel over the top of it. Um, and then I'm going to put um, the plants in and then I'm going to use the aquarium co-op easy green and easy iron. Yeah, You can't get that from Amazon. They don't, they have to get it strictly. For, I tried. There are equivalents, but like I, I don't want equivalent. Well, you can That's... do you you can do it. You can do it through uh, I think it's Seachem. Oh, maybe it wasn't uh, on Amazon. I know that it's uh, yeah. Easy Green's not. You can only get that. The Aquarium Co-op develops stuff. I used to use it. Um, it's the company that makes like this Excel, which is a I think that's a carbon, like a liquid carbon. So. There's ways that you can do it. I'm actually doing CO2 on my 20 gallon aquarium. Yeah, we talked. Yeah, you talked about that before. I'm not going. Do, I'm not going that route yet. You can do liquid carbon instead of carbon dioxide. So, liquid carbon and let me think. I think I think either Seachem or Fluval makes this stuff. Um, Flourish. F-L-E-O-U-R-I-S-E. Well, and so, to be honest with you, my nitrates are sitting at like between 10 and uh, 20 parts per million which is actually kind of ideal for live plants. It means that there's enough food in the tank for the plants, which means that I've (laughs) inadvertently almost hit the perfect ratio of where I want things because there's no ammonia, there is no uh, nitrite, um, there's just nitrates, and there's enough in there for the plants that they're clearly soaking up enough of it. It's not overbearing the fish. Right. And, you know, so something to think about. So... Like one of the things, if you use carbon dioxide, you can dose your tank with fish. And the reason why you can do that is because the carbon dioxide is allowing the fish to absorb those nutrients quicker. Yeah. Then if you just have the nutrients in the tank without carbon dioxide, you're kind of waiting for the fish to breathe. You're waiting for nighttime when the plants, you know, whatever it is, exasperate or expel the the carbon dioxide because... They only produce oxygen and light, 
and then they produce carbon dioxide in dark. Yeah. Um, which is why I have a tank that's going to have a power filter that's going to run always, and then it's going to have a sponge, two sponge filters to start. Which one sponge filter once it's once it's seasoned, and that's going to go into my ten gallon tank, so that I have a basically a cycled filter. You know, has good yep. bacteria, so you can push the fish in. Yeah, that's a, that's the, a cheater's trick for those don't know. He, basically, what he's saying is he wants to put a sponge in an active tank, let it create all of those good bacterias in there, and then take it and put it into a new tank so that he's already got a culture of good bacteria in it. Right. And then when when you're done with it, you clean that filter and put it back in the main tank, you know, yep. when you don't have fish in the um in the second aquarium put it back in the main tank let it rebuild if you buy more fish in the interim you pull the other filter out that already has the bio load on it put that one in so you always have an active filter hence the the other reason for a second tank yep and so my sponge filters are only going to run at night so i have a i bought a power strip that has day night cycle oh that's program it you can program them and so the sponge filters only run at night. The light will run on its own circuit because the light I bought is an insane light that I didn't realize when I bought it. And so it's just going to be plugged in all the time and then it'll run its own day night cycle itself. The only thing I don't like about the light that's on my main tank right now is it doesn't just have doesn't have just an on off switch. It's got a dimmer switch and it separates into two circuits, one for the UV, one for the lights. So if I hit the power and turn them on, they both turn on immediately. But if I want to turn them off, I have to hit the button five times for the UV and five times for the regular. And I want to, I was like, no, I just want to turn it on and off. Just give me an on off button. Yeah. Get a different light. That's like, it sounds like a little bit of an older plant light. You know? I think it is. Well, it, it came with the tank again. And I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to complain whenever my wife no. bought the tank, it, everything kind of came with it. It had pretty much everything I needed. Um, aside from a substrate and I was basically ready to go. So I was like, all right, here we go. Um, so I'm fine with it for now, but like I said, I might end up moving that to my shrimp tank and then get a better light for the main tank. Yeah. And so when we talk, so let's go back to water changes real quick. So sure, if, you sure, have, sure. if you have aquarium plants and you're in your mass dosing because you have CO2 running and you know, you're running a very high tech tank, that's when you have to do the water changes. Yeah. If you're running a tank that's just a natural tank, you rarely, if ever, have to do a water change. And it's only if something goes way out of balance. You don't need to test it every week. You know, your fish are going to tell you if there's problems. Your plants are going to tell you if there's problems because your plants will start to yellow if they don't have the proper nutrients in them. The You know, if you have red plants and they're turning green, you don't have enough iron in the tank. Um, if you have tons of algae and you're dosing iron, that tells you that you need to slow down on your iron dosing. Yep. Um, or your lighting is on too long. That's another thing that can cause algae, different things like that. Well, I'm intentionally doing that right now, but that's for the intent of, like, I've been I've been learning it for like 13 hours a day on the lights, but that's because I want it to be a little bit green because I wanted to put some algae out there for the baby shrimp to eat. Once they're born, that's it. Once that first couple of fry are born, I'm going to tamper it back down to where it's supposed to be. I'm right. intentionally growing algae for this reason. And, and you know, and 
and the, the mulm, you know, fish crap that goes to the bottom and, you know, it starts to break up and it looks like they call it mulm on the bottom. Yeah. That's also a shrimp food too. You know, you got to sure remember is. that whole cycle, you know, plants that are dying can become shrimp food. hundred um, percent. That's why, that's why you, it, I know there are some people like, Oh, I've got a couple of leaves that are dying on this plant. I'm just going to go ahead and prune them. If you've got shrimp or you've, even if you've got um, snails, don't. <laughs> Cause yeah. Cause they'll, they, they'll they, yeah, they will clear that up. And that's the one thing with having, like, I have, like I said, uh, six uh, erudite, sna- or erudite, erudite snails, They're the little tiny ones. And then I've got um, three mystery snails in there. And they are, like, my bottom is clean. Yeah. They but remember, clean. remember, you have a lot of snails that are competing with your shrimp. Oh, I know. That is a, that, well, that's, that's, re- a... that's the reason why I put the mulberry leaves in there. That's the reason why I put those little pellets in there. Yeah. Um, I want to make sure that I'm supplementing them. I, I, w- I was aware of the situation I was creating there. Get the algae tabs too. Yeah, for the, the yeah, discs, the... for for get the small ones. There's a big size. It's like the size of a dime, and then there's small ones that are you know like that big. Yeah, they're real yeah. tiny. Get the smaller ones if you can find them because that'll be better for your shrimp because they can pick them up and carry them where they need them to go rather than yeah. One of the other things about your shrimp that you're not seeing your shrimp very often or at all, you don't have very many shrimp in your tank. I only have ten. You have you're a correct. you have a tw- you have a twenty nine gallon tank. Like for me, I want to have fifty shrimp. Mm-hmm. I want to have twenty of this fish. Twenty of I want to have five different species of fish with twenty of each of the fish. So it's a hundred. They're small, but hundred rasporas in there. Um, of different types. It'll all be different types so that oh. it'll be a, an interesting tank when they move around. Red plants, green plants, big plants, small plants, a carpet. That's the goal for my tank, which is why I'm so slow at setting it up. But it's it's just to get everything done correctly so that when I add the shrimp, there's some, um, you know, some mulm, some, you know, everything else that needs to be in there for them. And then they'll help They'll help with the the water quality too. Sure, hundred percent. And then you move they to are cleaners. They'll clean all I, the stuff off your plants. I personally hate snails. Like I'm really like, oh, I I'm uber anti snail. I just I can't deal with them. It depends on the. So if you get the snails that don't necessarily that need certain special conditions to breed, I like. So for example, the erudite snails that I have. Yeah, the neorites, erudites, and yeah, yeah. they require brackish water, which is a little bit more salty, which I'm not gonna have. So they can do all all the breeding they want to attempt to do it. They're they're not gonna do it. Um mystery snails need a gap at the top of your tank um to be able to put their clutches up in the corner and kind of come back down. I'm not permitting that to happen. Um so they're they are there just for enjoyment. Um I've got to admit, like our snail, the snail, especially we call him Speedy, the one that survived the fall. And it's OK. He's he's like the star of the tank right now. He really is because he's gigantic. I've never seen a mystery snail, but he was uh, you can't see this in audio format. He was basically about you know half an inch big when we bought him. He is like the size of like a super, <laughs> super rubber ball night right now. Almost the size of a golf ball. A golf ball is probably better. Like he got really big, really fast. Right. And hopefully, hopefully he'll shed what he needs to and be able to keep growing his his shell. He already is. Like, I can see, like, he did get a bit of a crack in the shell, but I can already see that he's shedding that off with a fresh shell underneath of it. And he's got, like, this really cool pattern to him, too. 
Mm. Um, we have an, an all white uh, mystery snail. Uh, that one's uh, marshmallow. Um, the you have Speedy and Marshmallow, and then we have Big Bertha, who was the largest snail in the tank when we first got her. Something is wrong with that snail. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't see her active very often. I see her move occasionally. When I wake up in the morning, she's in a different place than she was, so I know it's alive. But I don't see her as active as all the others. So I feel like something was. But I don't have the heart to get rid of it. I'm like, all right, well. It, it, Stay there, nurse, nurse yourself, and you, you, you live your best life in this tank because I'm not going to take her out. Um, yeah, but you do. You don't ever throw them away or anything like that, right? But again, I'm not producing a condition where they are in a environment that they're going to be able to breathe. Yeah, and it could be where there's may not be enough um, stuff for their shells too. You know, because that's another thing with with shrimp, and you you have to have the right and it's the what the hell is it called equilibrium. You right. know, you, you put equilibrium whenever you do water change, you're add you don't add so what is it? When you do a water change okay, so if you're adding water on a tank, you don't add water that has an equilibrium in it. If you're doing a water change, that's when you do equilibrium again, you know, because it's like a small amount for twenty gallons of water. You know, right. it it's not a whole hell of a lot that you need, but you have to have it in there. The plants need it. You know, it helps with the with the hardness. It helps with you know balancing pH and everything else in the tanks. Because like I have I have my own RO system here, so I can make my own RO water. But for me to use that water, I have to put equilibrium in, or it will kill everything. It'll mm -hmm. shock my fish. Will shock because they don't have minerals in the. Because fish still do need the minerals in the water too. Correct. Nuts, but but yeah, so it's. You know, I'm excited for the tank. I need to get some more Dragonstone. Um, so I got to go find some more of that somewhere because I'm a huge fan of Dragonstone. I just think it's the most beautiful for fish. I agree. I've, I've done it before. And then when I read that it's great for shrimp, that was like, uh, it was an easy one. Yep. Nope. hundred percent. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. It's also good for bacteria in your tank too, because the bacteria will tuck inside and, you know, it'll help with the nitrogen cycle on the bacteria side too yep the more surface area that you provide the better you you get yeah, yeah. see that's gorgeous and that's going to go like it's going to be a vertical piece because it has kind of a a flatter bottom to it mm -hmm. so i'm going to put that in as like a vertical piece and then i have three other p i want about six more pieces of stone to go in in certain places instead so and then i got these little little houses for shrimp the little shrimp houses oh that's cool the knees are not going to be put out front they're going to be put in the back so shrimp have a place to go if they you know want to and i got two different types you know there's a square one. Oh, i've seen this those type. are really neat that one looks but, like a dice yeah yeah it's a little kind of like a little uh yeah. little, little house you know but it's a place for shrimp or the babies to go and hide and stuff and they're not yeah, going to be out. In the, they're not going to be out in the open either. They're going to be in the back, in the back hiding. So, yeah, that, so that's, you why know, built, that's why I built those little caves for mine underneath the underneath the driftwood. But it's the same idea. It gives them a place to hide. Exactly. You know, and that's the other thing about fish. You, you need to give them things to play with. You know, areas yeah. to play. And you know, when you when you go in and you like when I go in or if I go to a house, somebody's house, I don't ever say anything. But I always find it interesting when. It's just a fish tank and they got like a diver in, there, you know, and it's like, 
I feel uh, bad for the fish because I'll throw this one out there. How, what do you feel about the I've got a pirate ship in mind or I've got a, a sunken you know battleship in mind? How do, how do you feel about those? Because I'm not going to lie. Like, I took my girls with me whenever I was buying all of the, the stuff I was going to be escaping my, my tank with. They're like, Dad, cool, look at this airplane. Oh, look, they've got the Star Wars at you can put in there. I'm like, yeah, that's all cool and all. I want my tank to look natural. And in my mind, that does not look natural to me. Right. Now, if you put a pirate ship in it that hole has holes in it and stuff. Sure. But that's not the only thing in the tank, then that's great. You know, if, you, if you're doing it, if you're center piecing it off that, but then you have plants or something, you know, something for the fish to interact with. Yes. You know, then, then, yeah, that's fine. But if that's the only thing you have in there, at least you have something in there, you know. I, I will, and I'll make this bold statement. I will never make a fish tank that doesn't have life plants. Like, quite yeah. honestly, I, I, there, it, there are so many benefits to not only the nitrogen cycle into that, but the the health and welfare of the fish inside, um, places to hide, everything from like the surface area for the even for the beneficial bacteria to grow on. Like I would just never have a tank that doesn't have natural plants in it. Yeah, and that's you know that's there are people that want simplicity, which is what sure. plastic plastic plants are for, but they're not really good for the fish when you get down to it. Because a lot of times they have sharp edges, so fish cut themselves. Yep. Um, or those they plastic, don't clean. They don't yeah, clean those, them. Yeah, those plastic plants are for your benefit, not for the the people that live in it. Right. You know, because or the fish that live in it. Yeah, because you know, if you don't wash them, like boil them, you know, put them in boiling water before, you know, all that dust and you know from the manufacture process, they don't clean them. You know, mm. they can actually kill your fish. And, sure can. You know, betas, I feel bad for the betas because people think you can stick them in, you know, you know, a very small bowl and that betas going to live a healthy life. You know? Well, that's that, that's perpetuated by like the fish stores that sell them because they sell them in those little teacup plastic containers. It's like, oh, this yeah. is all you're really going to need. Have you ever seen how those come in from the from the what's the word I'm looking for from the breeders whenever they buy them? I've seen they, different ways. I've seen them come in bags. I've seen them come in. And uh, some of them send them in those things, you know, but there isn't much water in them. No, there isn't. And the no. argument, of course, being is like, oh, well, these things live in mud puddles in the na in their natural world. So, they, they, well, yeah, so do some of the fish I'm putting in my aquarium. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's, I mean, I, you're not going to fault somebody because they're not going to go out and research, you know, how to keep a fish healthy. I know. You know? It's one of those things, especially whenever they're bought for children, they're a super cheap pet. You know, I buy a little, you know, $20 one gallon tank that maybe has a filter. Maybe it doesn't. Um, right. It's got the plastic plant in there. And then that fish will be happy for the rest of his life because he was living in a cup this big. So clearly this was, which is true. You know, I mean, you give that fish, you know, a five gallon space. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's that's a lot of space for a fish or you give them a gallon that's much bigger than their natural, a lot of their natural environments. But, you know, fish still need to move. You know, fish are no different than humans where they have to be active. They have to be given a space to be active. And, you know, I mean, I, I grew up, you know, going to carnivals as a kid. And what's the thing at a carnival? Throwing a ping pong ball into a little fish bowl to get a goldfish and then you put a goldfish in a one gallon tank 
And, you know, goldfish are not fish designed to be kept in small spaces. They are not. Goldfish can get to be the size of koi, you know, yes. giant or carp, you know. I totally, and, we totally did that. We totally had one of my kids win, win, win a uh, goldfish at a fair, and that goldfish went into a 35 gallon tank when I got him yeah. home. Yeah. And it, They'll destroy your tanks too. <laughs> yeah, they're filthy. They're I, I was kind of I'm like, all right, I I know what. It, luckily for me, there wasn't much left in there as far as uh, which a lot of the fish had died out in there, and I just hadn't repopulated it. So mm -hmm. I was like, well, I'm not doing anything else with the tank. Might as well put the goldfish in there. Yeah, because they'll they'll eat you know your plants. They'll eat yep. whatever you give them and other you fish. Know, <laughs> they are pretty. Don't get me wrong, you know. But if you get goldfish, you want to put them in. 110 gallon tank you don't want to yeah. put them in a you know in a one gallon tank because they're really cool when they're in big spaces you know well um, it was a goldfish i wasn't intending to buy so putting him in the 35 i think he did okay yeah it was funny uh i was watching on youtube felicia day did like a short on youtube about uh she went to like a carnival or a fair with her daughter and you know her daughter was playing a game it was like a ring toss type game and if you got the ring around something, then you ended up winning a fish, which when your kid wins a fish, what's the first thing you're going to do? Oh, that's great, honey. And then you have a fish. And then she's like, this free fish cost me, you know, $250. Yep. <laughs> exactly. I had something to put it in. You know, you're not going to. Yeah. So it's not going to leave it in the cup that they give or the bag that they give it to you in whenever yeah. you. Because I don't know about how I don't know how your affairs work, but the, like we got them in a bag, and I'm like, yeah, we got it. like if we got I didn't them in have a little fish bowl. yeah, if I didn't have something at home to put them in, that would have been like a, a panic moment. Like, all right, what do I? Because interestingly enough, like I, this was the one thing I I've never done. I had never ordered um, live animals online before. I had always heard that like fish will only live a few hours in a bag, and that's not entirely true. Mm -mm. Um, they can live to almost up to a week, depending on the conditions of the bag, the water, and all that fun stuff. If they double bag them, yes. Yep. Right, exactly. So, like, you don't need to feel necessarily panicked. That's how they're able to ship them. As long as the weather's good and they're not, you know, below freezing or they're not in, like, 110-degree weather in the back of a UPS truck, um, they will be fine for a couple of days in those bags. So if you do right. end up in that situation where you've won a goldfish you weren't expecting, you don't have to solve that problem that night. You can solve that right. problem in the morning. And the other thing about fish too is they send them like next day, you know. So yeah, you're you're paying you're gonna pay a shipping cost. You are paying a bit of a premium. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, but you're getting them second day air, or you're getting them next day air, you know, which is good because that's what you want them to do is get them as quickly as you can. Because you know, one thing about fish in a in a fish store, no matter where you are, is you don't know how old the fish are, which is the first thing. You know, if yep. they're, and a lot of fish aren't bred, they're caught. So you have a fish trade that's literally out in the wild catching fish, bringing them to a distribution center, putting them into giant vats of water, and then pet stores order them, you know, they're netted out, put in, they're overnight shipped. So you think about, you know, all that shock value for these fish that happen. I was at home. I'm in a, I'm in a tank in Thailand. I got yep. flown over to the U.S. to a distribution yep. center. I got flown over to your, or yeah, flown over to your local pet store, and then yep. plopped into a tank. Yep, you know, and that's that's the life of some fish where they're caught. You know, you can't breed every 
it's very hard to breed some of the fish that you know are in the fish industry well like even the galaxy rosboras i was reading a little i was i watched a video a little bit on the history like that's relatively new fish to have been discovered they only discovered that fish in like 2012 so like yeah. Like most of them are still caught in the wild. Like they are breeding them. They are getting to the point where they're breeding them and they're breeding them more locally, like here in the US. But like that's only a recent thing in the yeah. overall grand scheme of thing of the hobby. Right. And and that's that's the interesting thing about the hobby is people find new things, they become really popular, and then to me, you know, they they they're over over not overfished, but they're overcaught, you know, in the wild. And if there's only one place and, you know, it's a, let's just say it's a small stream or something and you don't give them the time to reproduce, they die out. Pretty much, you know? Or a country like Galaxy Rasboros, for example, uh, a country that might not necessarily be in the best of political situations, shall yeah. we say, um, it becomes a, a bit of a, uh, they become a rarity, really. And they become, uh, that fish went through quite a bit to get to where you are, where it's sitting right. in my tank right now. Which is which is interesting, like about fishing in an aquarium. So if you're a breeder, you know one of the things that I, I've learned a lot about breeding. I'm not like I'm not a person. I'm not in this to breed fish. But if the fish breed, great. But one of the things that's interesting that I learned is that a lot of times fish breeders breed negative things into their fish because, as with all animals, if you inbreed animals so much, you're going to get bad animals, you know, animals mm -hmm. with, with bad health issues and stuff. So if you're in a pet store and you see that neon tetra that, you know, has an arched back, it's not the yep. curved back, you know that that is coming from a heavily overbred environment. Yes. You know, or it's extremely old. It's one of the two. And you know, so that's why to me, it, like with your shrimp, one of the things you want to do with your shrimp is you always want to introduce new shrimp into your tank, new males, new females, so that you don't enter. Because what will end up happening, like with cherry shrimp, is that over time, they will actually breed back to the clear neocaridina shrimp. Or the brown that they're their natural yeah, color. Yeah, the that's like a clear brown color. Yeah. And, and it's because... That's kind of the thing about nature is, is that if you breed it, breed something and then interbreed it so much, you're going to end up back in that environment, you know, because every baby you produce only has so many, you know, if you bring 10 females in and three males, well, you produce 50 males the next generation, you only have so many chances of breed, you know, breeding with something else, you know, another, another female. And it really... I don't know how you want to put it, but it really causes problems. You know, if you're not always introducing new lines of fish into your breeding. Sure. It's the genetics. It's the genetic gene yeah. pool. Whenever you reduce the genetic gene pool to three males and 10 mm -hmm. females, I mean, there's only so much genes that can go around. Right. It's the same thing, like the population of a species in the wild, like an endangered species. Like that's why they watch that kind of stuff. Like yep. over time, they're just going to breed out. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, you know. I mean, keeping fish to me is just so it's it's a rewarding hobby. Well, me too. It's th this is the one um, phenomenon that I'm noticing in our house now. Like most of my children, like I had a fish tank here um, before we moved out to Ohio. So, and that was eight years ago. But my oldest, obviously, is 18 years old. He's 10. He was 10 years old when that tank was still here. 
most of my other children were really, really small. So they honestly don't remember what it was like to have a house with a fish tank in it. Right. I can't tell you, like, in probably TMI, but I'll say it anyway. Um, I sit at my dining room table whenever I'm working from home. And I can see the fish tank out of my peripheral right there. And I can't tell you the number of times, even just, like, sitting down, I'm watching TV where the kids walk by the fish tank and they just stop. And they're looking yep. in like, oh, look, the, sh- the snails are doing this. Oh, look, there's a shrimp over there. And there's a shrimp over there. And like, oh, and the I was definitely one of those fa- people that like, oh, ne- uh, neon tetras are a gigantically popular fish. Everyone gets them. So I don't like them because everyone gets them kind of thing. Every tank has them. So I had yep. never done neon tetras before. It's Most really neat. Fish. I'm not going to lie. It's really neat to see them in a school because you will literally watch them do a train around the tank. They'll go yep. this way, they'll go this way, they'll follow each other around through each other. It's really cool. And 100%, it's definitely added, like, I've even seen my wife stop in and just kind of take a look and see what's going on in the tank today. Like, it has been endless hours already of entertainment. Um, I sit there, especially if I, like, zone out, if I'm watching a movie, or I just I find myself, just my eyes drifting over to the tank. What's going on in the tank right now? Kind of thing. Yep. Mr. Yeah, Snails do this funny little thing where they drop um, they're they're kind of lazy, so if they're at the top of the tank and they want to get to the bottom, instead of walking down, they will literally just free fall on yep. the way down. All so the that's way to now, the yeah, so that's now been an event. Like, oh, I saw Speedy free falling today. He dropped today. It was really like <laughs> the kids will call that out, and I won't have even seen seen it happen. It's really kind of fun. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's that's the beauty of it. You know, it's it's cool to watch nature, even even in. A, you know, a fabricated small space. It's really cool to watch nature at work, you know, plants growing. You wake up or you go to bed tonight and your sword plant was, you know, two inches high. And next thing you know, it's two and a half inches. And now it's a week later, it's at four inches high. And you're like, how in the hell is that happening? I keep going back to that picture that I sent you from um, before Adepticon and what the tank looked like when I was in Chicago. And what it looks like now, and I'm looking at those swords going, holy cow, because, oh boy, is my tank now a whole lot heavierly planted now than it was yep. j- just a few weeks ago. I'm sorry, March. This is back in March. So March 23rd, we're talking two months. In two months, holy cow, have those plants grown. Well, I'm I'm excited. I can't wait to, this weekend, I'll probably get the gravel set up and stuff, and then I'll get the rocks in. And then from there, it'll just be trying to figure out how I want to, you know, do the next step of that. Is, the planting you know, of it. Yeah, because it's, it'll be, you know, for me, it's going to be, this is one I want to do right. And I want to do it so that it's enjoyable to do, not do it just because, you know, I want to shove plants into a tank and fish into a tank. I want it to be what I want it to be. And then, you That's know, get exactly, the, that is exactly what I did whenever I did mine. I wanted to make sure that I did it right and that I was going to enjoy it. And I, I'm not going to lie. I am loving the way that it's turning out so far. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. So, Ed, that was my what have you done this week? What, did, <laughs> what have you done this week? All right. I'll button up real quick on this because as I said, this is kind of our our while Chris is away episode. So maybe we'll save the Steam Deck episode for itself. For um, the next one. For the next one. Uh, the next time that ever comes up. Um. I got a couple of games in at the game store. Um, everyone's kind of getting really geared up for 10th edition. Every day there's a new article out from Games Workshop. It's really hard to kind of keep up, actually, because every day it's something new is coming up. Um, I did not get the chance to finish painting because my kids are down to the fact where they have 11 days of school left. And 
We have a whole bunch of homework stuff that we need to make sure we get done. Some of the kids have not necessarily been honest about what they have and haven't been doing. Um, so now we're finding like, oh, wow, we've got like 11 days to get all, 11 school days to get all of this stuff done because June 2nd's coming really, really quick. Right. I haven't gotten enough painting done. Um, I, my, my birthday was a couple of weeks ago um, for work. They, every, they all, the guys always do together. We do the same thing. Every time someone has a birthday, we all chip in. They get a $50 gift card to someplace. I always get Amazon. Um, so I got myself a brand new set of uh, Sisters rep um, uh, uh, Retributors, the heavy weapon squads upstairs that just arrived today. So my plan is, assuming homework doesn't take all weekend, which it damn well better not, um, my intent is to finally, finally, finally put the finishing touches on the last five that I had done. All I have to do is highlights, and I have to put a couple of decals on, and I have to base them. They're almost done. And I want to move on to those other Retributors. And since I've got new ones, because I want all of my... Retributor squads all have multi-meltas. I have two more that I can build out of that set. I can almost actually be 100% WYSIWYG, which means I have all of the actual weapons. I have three girls that are technically armed with heavy flamers who have been pretending to be multi-melter girls. Uh, hopefully I yeah. can fix that um, with, the, with, with this set. And then I'm going to, once those girls are all done and painted, I'm moving on to starting to paint tanks. I already want to go out and get more tanks. Um... But I'm, I'm, I'm holding off on buying new models because I already have a whole bunch of sisters I haven't painted yet. I want to try to get everything I have done painted, at least to fill the army that I hope I want to run in 10th. And then I'll start adding more pieces to it. Gotcha. Uh, and then I did um, a couple of quick Steam Deck hacks. Uh, hacks, not necessarily the right word. Um, it, it always drives me nuts whenever I see people doing reviews for the Steam Deck because they keep calling it a console. This is one of my gigantic nitpicks, one of my gigantic, gigantic pet peeves, because you can tell that the people who are reviewing this, obviously they're, they're tech reviewers, so they review all kinds of tech, but they keep referring to the Steam Deck as a console, just like you would the Game Boy, just like you would the, the Switch. It is not a console. It is a portable PC. It is a portable Linux PC, which means it can do fun PC things like, hey, Someone came up, uh, there's this cool thing, I think it's the um, Cryo Utilities, um, that allows you to adjust not only the VRAM that's being used on it, so that you get better performance out of your higher-end games, because it does still play in higher-end PC games, um, but you can also adjust things like fan curves and things like that. Um, so uh, what I've done is I installed those utilities. Um, you can do like you can do all kinds of cool things. You can do custom themes on the desktop mode, you can do um, custom screensavers, custom, all, all kinds of stuff on there. The main reason I got it, though, was because the the Linux community has been... This is one of the things, what, like, so we'll probably get into this whenever Chris gets back from the UK. Um, he went out and purchased one of the um, RG, ROG um, allies, which is the quote-unquote, supposed to be quote-unquote the Steam Deck killer. I'm not still 100% convinced that that's the case because, A, it's, it's as expensive as the top end Steam Deck, and I don't know what the support's gonna be like. I know a year after its release, not only is um, Valve heavily supporting it with new updates all the time, but the community is supporting it with new updates all the time and new things like this Cryo Utilities 2.0 that I just put in to help adjust and get better performance out of those higher end games. Things that they're going above and beyond what even Valve's doing right. for it. And I'm still not convinced that an, a Windows, I don't understand how. I don't understand how Asus is making any money on this. It made sense to me with Valve producing the Steam Deck because they're just creating an avenue for you to spend more money on Steam on games. 
Yeah, and it could be a lost leader for them as long as you're buying games. Precisely. It's the same reason, like, well, Nintendo doesn't necessarily do it. It's the same reason what Sony does. It's the same reason what Microsoft does. They lose money on every console that they ever sell because right. they're anticipating making that money back on the games that you're going to be selling. I don't understand how Asus, like, they're they're not gained. There's no money to be gained after that initial purchase from them. Because True. Sh- you can install Steam on it because it's a Windows-based machine that I can go and give Valve more money for buying games. Right. Or I can give Blizzard money, or I can give you know Epic money for for those. It's like where where does the income come from? Like so that's what I'm concerned with with a device like that that they created it, made it. They're gonna sell it. They're gonna make you know they sell like I don't know fifty thousand, a hundred thousand of those things, and then like all right, it's a we're done, the end, and then right. the community is gonna die off on it because if it's an unsupported device, it's just gonna kind of like flow into the background like oh that's like one of those little things you could have bought, but it's not there. Whereas I truly believe valve's 100 percent maintaining a year plus later the, the steam deck they're already discussing there's already um rumors that they're already starting to design the steam deck 2 um which is going to be in the same price range it's going to do better things it's going mean, because don't get me wrong this was the first one out of the gate it's yeah. going to be the worst device that valve ever produced as far as a portable because the next one they're going to produce is going to be better than this one and so on down the line so and, and and as the electronics get more portable, correct. You know, it's just going to get better and better. You know, it's like laptops. You know, remember how thick the old ThinkPads oh, were? Oh boy, do I know, remember those! And how limited they were. And now you can buy basically a gaming PC laptop that runs nearly as well as a desktop. Yep, and it's about five and a half pounds. Yeah, still don't and know it how to pull three that. times as much, but you know, sure, I mean, sure, but. That's that's the thing I like about the Steam Deck is I can sit here at my desk and play it. I can dock it and play with a controller. Yeah, I can hook it up to my TV if I want to. I can do there's so many things I can do with it that is and then, you know, of course I have the Batasera connected to it. Oh that's uh... I, one of these days, I'm going to just sit down and just hit that download button for that image. I know that you went through and spent the money to get the, the hard drive or the, the um, micro SD card that had it already pre-installed. And yeah. it does. It, I'm sure it did. It saved you probably a ton of time. Because basically... Well, it's, it's time and money. Time sure. and money. Because you, I would have to literally buy another hard drive that's large sure. enough to handle one terabyte. I have, Download... I have two one terabyte drives in my computer, M.2s, and then I have a one terabyte regular SSD drive, you know, but that has my, that has my windows on it and, you know, it's a split mm-hmm. drive. So it's Which partitioned. It's not, a, it's not a full terabyte to start off with right there. Yeah. So it's a boot drive and, you know, and, and when you put a drive in, you actually don't get the full terabyte on it anyway, because right. there's a tiny bit that they put on it. So I would have to buy two terabyte SSD drive, either as a internal or do it as an external. And it's just like, that's still 200 bucks plus the mm-hmm. time to install plus the time to download. Yep. So why not yep. pay other people to do their time on it? Do it uh, for it. What did what did that micro SD card run you? I think it cost two thirty nine something like you know it's it's from Britain so let me yeah let me look and see real quick because um, I got it off Arcade Punks. The only like I said the only I happen to have the bit of a luxury of Gabe's PC back there has four terabytes. It's got two two terabyte M dot twos in there, and his second one he's not even touched yet. 
Right. So there's a big, big part of me that's like, I could, it would be time um, to just have it run all night and kind of download that one terabyte file. And then you have to kind of extract that one terabyte file, which is where the, like you basically need double the amount of space. And then you need to be able to move that over to a one terabyte card. Cause like, I'm not going to lie. I did the, for those who, uh, who might not be catching up on this, I did the upgrade. I bought the very low end 64 gigabyte version of the Steam Deck with the full intention of upgrading it the second that I got it, which is what right. I did. Um, I spent, for the amount of money, because I bought it the week that was the one year anniversary, so I got it for 10, I got it at 10% discount on the Steam Deck. For the amount of money that I spent on the 64 gigabyte and the anti-glare screen protector and the one terabyte micro SD card and the one terabyte um, 4030, I think is the, the M.2 drive size that's in there, the 2030, I'm sorry. Um, for that amount of money, it would have been the, it's the same amount of money that I would have spent to buy the top end one. And they mm -hmm. only have 512 gigabytes. So after all the work, and you actually, you do have to take it apart. There's only one way to do it, to replace that M.2 drive. Um, but one, once I did that, I now have a Steam Deck that's got two, ter two terabytes of hard drive space on it, so to speak. I haven't even touched the micro SD card yet. And I've got like a lot of games on there so far. I've got all of my, um, all of the retro games that I put in are sitting on that main drive. Um, I've got, I don't know, 15, 20 games installed on there. Um, and I'm talking bigger games. Like I just got done putting, um, what am I thinking? Skyrim I just put on there. The Witcher 3 is on there. Um, I, I've been playing the crap out of Mass Effect because I absolutely love that game. Um, that's all sitting on there and I still have like three quarters of the hard drive space still left over. So the long story short, after all the upgrades that I did to take my 64 low end gigabyte Steam Deck and upgrade it to one terabyte of hard drive space with a one terabyte micro SD card and, and the anti-glare, um, uh, screen kit, I, I put, spent the same amount of money. I have not used 25% of that hard drive space. So there's a big, big part of me that's like, I have this one terabyte micro SD card that I'm not even using yet. Right. Eventually, I'm sure I will, um, but I'm not even using it yet. So I almost really, it's almost like an embarrassment of, like I've heard plenty of people that review the Steam Deck. They're like, oh, you know, even if they get like the mid-tier one, like the 256 um, gig model, they're like, oh, I've got a whole wealth of micro SD cards. I put all oh, my Resident Evil card games are on this one and my action games are on this one because that's how they're kind of compensating for that. I don't have that problem. So, <laughs> but, so the next thing for me for the Steam Deck, now that I've got all these, the, the new utilities on, is the one thing that I'm missing, the one experience I haven't tried yet, is to dock it and hook up a mouse and keyboard on it and try a couple other games on that because there is a big, big part of me that thinks that this older computer over here, I could actually replace with the steam deck right and like you know i was pulling out my dock when you were talking about that you know that's that's the official steam deck dock right mm -hmm. here you know and literally all it is is you're just plugging in like that to your steam deck and then you plug your power cord into here yep and then it's got and, a it's got a hdmi out um and uh and a uh db or not dvi the whatever the other video is um yeah, DVI, i think you had it right uh, is it DVI? Not sure. It's, anyway, it's got the it's HDMI. The, it's the square than the one. Yeah, that's yeah. the one benefit to the. That's the one benefit to the official one from Valve that I've not seen in any of the other aftermarket ones. They only do HDMI out. Yes. So if you have a DVI monitor, for example, it's not. I I have HDMI monitor, so it's not going to matter. That's I, I want to hook it up to my damn TV. 
That's what I want to do. I want to, I mean, I obviously jokingly said that I could technically replace this computer with that if I wanted to. I want to be able to hook it up to my TV and do like you do. I want to take a, a DualSense uh, PS5 controller and Bluetooth connect it to there and just sit yep. on my couch and play on, and play on it. Yeah, and, and that's that's the thing. Like, you know, I bought a Switcher because I'm going to have my PS2, my Xbox 360, this, my VS, my uh, Evercade VS, you know, will all be connected in. Let me know well, what Switch you end up going with because I'm at the I, point I, that I'm fresh out of HDMI ports. So, like, quite honestly, like, my Raspberry Pi, um, the cable kind of just hangs in the background. So, if I want to play my Raspberry Pi, I have to switch out the cable that either the Xbox 360 is coming out of or the PS3 is out of. I have to unplug one of those and plug the um, plug the Raspberry Pi into. And I'm like, this is kind of annoying. Ooh, that is an Avstar. And that's just an 8K. Oh, very nice. And then it has the one that you plug in and then Perfect. four other and then it's remote control driven. But you, it has a button on the front too, but it's it's got an IR receiver and then you have a little remote with it. And then, you know, it has a little power supply. Beautiful. You have to let yeah. me know how that works out for you. Yeah, I'm interested to see how it works. Uh, I mean, it'll be, it's all it is, should just do is just switch one channel to the next, you know. It's what it should do, yes. So hopefully, hopefully that's, it works just fine with that. But yeah, to get more, more further to the point you were making, I absolutely love the fact that like, oh, okay, I've got like 30 minutes before I'm ready to kind of fall asleep. I, I've i played probably either, I'm either playing more sitting on the couch or I'll be playing like in bed, like right before I go to bed. Mm -hmm. And like, I'll have, I'll like, I'll, I'll put 20 minutes or 30 minutes into my third or fourth playthrough of Mass Effect. Like, yep, okay, I got this one mission done. And then the thing I absolutely adore about the Steam Deck is I can just tap that power button and it pauses the game. And then the next day or two days or three days later, whenever I pick it up again, I tap that power button again and boom, I'm right back to where I was. Right back to where you were. Yep. The only thing I wish it did that it doesn't do, and I know there's plenty of people that complain about the Steam Deck, is I wish it downloaded stuff, it downloaded updates and stuff when it was turned off. That's the one thing that it doesn't do that I wish it did do. Yeah. And, you know, once again, you'd have to keep it plugged in to do that because sure. it does burn through battery pretty quick. You know, it's, you know, I've heard. All right. So I, I, I would agree with that to a point. I know that if I, I've definitely noticed it since I've installed the cryo utilities 2.0 onto it, um, mm -hmm. because it over optimizes everything. Um, it doesn't overclock the CPU or the APU more correctly. Um, it doesn't overclock it, but it definitely re optimizes it for better performance. Well, that right. better performance comes at a cost at, um, the amount of wattage it's using. So, for Correct. example, before I installed that Mass Effect, would probably sit there like around an 8, 8, 8, 4 uh, wattage usage. And it bumped up to like an 11 and a half after yeah. that change. So I am definitely now noticing what everyone else was complaining about as far as the battery life was concerned. But if you're doing it for like you're doing it for your retro games, you'll never notice a difference. So, so it can burn through because it's still, remember, it has to draw off of the, the disc, you know, the little uh, SD part, sure. you know. So it does, it does, it depends on the game I'm playing, depends on if I'm playing in our, like a MAME game compared to something else, it burns quicker if I'm playing something else, um, because it's still, it's interesting, even with like the emulators and stuff, there still is almost like your power drawing off that, you know, because of what all the steps it has to do to get it to the point yeah. where you're playing the game. 
But a lot of it too is screen brightness. If you have the screen really bright, you're going to burn through it quicker. You know, it's just like your cell phone. Mm-hmm. If you don't have it on adaptive screen brightness, you know, you're going to burn through your battery quickly. You know, well, and one like of the that. things is again, one of the beauties of the Steam OS that's on there is so. What, uh, good safety tip uh, in case you decide to do this because I'll warn you ahead of time. I had issues with my emulators by doing this tip, and I've one of the things you can do is you can cap the fps on a higher end game so for example if i'm playing um uh, skyrim or i'm playing doom eternal on there i'll cap it at like 40 fps so that lowers the amount of draw that you're getting off the battery the problem with that is if you do that system wide like i did and you go to fire up one of your emulators and play castlevania 3 on your nes emulator you get choppy audio and choppy video yep and you're like, wait, what the hell's going on? Well, because those systems were designed to run at 60 FPS. By capping right. it, you're literally capping all of the inputs that go through there. So the up, the beauty of the Steam OS is you can set individual, um, quote unquote, game modes for what the FPS cap is. So whenever I have all of my emulators running, I have those running at 60 FPS. But if I fire up Doom Eternal, it's running at 40 FPS. Right. And quite honestly, when it's on the small screen, I can't tell the difference between 40 FPS and 60 FPS on that small screen. I probably would notice it if I put it up on my 4K TV, 100%, but it's going to be docked and plugged in. I don't care about battery life at that point. But when it's sitting there portable and I'm sitting in bed watching, like, I can't tell the difference. Like, a lot of people complain about putting, like, the... So I put the the anti-glare, because I wanted to emulate the top-end model. I put the anti-glare screen cap, and, like, oh, it blurs out the picture a little. I don't notice that. I don't see that at all. Um, no. Maybe your eyes are better than mine. I'm getting old. I need bifocals. So I'm not going to lie. So maybe someone else can pick that up. And then I can't. I don't notice the difference. I have yeah, had I, nothing I think, but a good experience with it so far. I think there are people to, that complain about things like that just to complain about things like Sure. That. Because, I mean, you could hold it here or here, and it looks great to me. You know, mm-hmm. um, I wear glasses. I don't I sometimes wear them when I'm on the show. So. A lot of times not because like the hell I did with them. Um, but, you know, it's it's just one of those things where I, I really think that there is no, you know, this screen is incredible for what a five or six inch or whatever size screen that that I thing is. It's, seven, it's a seven inch screen. Seven inch screen. That's really good. It's just like the, um, the Switch. You know, when you play it on the Switch, I rarely ever played on the Switch. But if I'm playing on my Switch, I can't tell the difference, you know. Yep. If I put it on my TV, to me, it even looks worse on the TV then probably goes, because, because you're going to a different aspect ratio. Yes. But but you can change your aspect ratio on your TV. But at the same time, that TV is so big. You know, it's a 50-inch TV. So it's just like you're, you're 100% getting... going to pick up all the little in all the little artifacting that could come up or anything else like that. Exactly. You know, so the smaller screen, like when you watch YouTube on your phone, you have a high def phone you're gonna you know you're gonna see it in 1080p Mm -hmm. you know it's not like i need 4k on a screen you know that isn't i'm never gonna notice a difference on that small yeah exactly that's that's the the next thing on my list is emulating because apparently at nintendo don't listen to this apparently that that's everyone's all like oh why would i buy this when i you know if i really want to play the switch why would i buy that well because there's an emulator out there for switch games and it because it's a pc it actually runs those games better than the switch does 
at better ratios, at better resolution, at better FPS. Yep. Um, everyone keeps talking about this Legend of Zelda game. Games about re- so don't come after me, Nintendo. Gabe is going to go out and buy it on his own, and we have a legal copy of Breath of the Wild here. I own it, and I intend to pull that off because he has one of the launch models ones. Because like that's the whole thing with emulation, especially on the more top end, more the more recent um consoles is you need the bios files um the old nes if you're uh genesis super nintendo's you don't need those for those you don't for emulating those but when you start getting into like your ps2s ps3 ps4 xbox 360 xbox you know xbox one when you're trying to emulate those you need a legit bios file some companies like sony give that out for free because every time you do an update to the ps3 ps4 ps5 it contains that bios file Nintendo's a little bit more stringent about it. And you kind of have to go a little bit away to be able to pull that BIOS off of your legal one to be able to get that BIOS file and put it there. But I'm not breaking any laws by pulling a BIOS off a device that I own and moving that BIOS over to somewhere else. I'm not breaking any laws by backing up a game like Breath of the Wild, which we have a copy of here, and moving it over to my Steam Deck. I'm not breaking it. Like, I don't encourage, per se, um, in most cases, piracy, like I would rather go out and buy the game. I'd rather have the one. But if you put me in a situation like, well, I can't buy that game anymore. The company doesn't support it anymore. The company that owns that game doesn't give me an opportunity to buy it in any right. way, shape or form legally. What other choice do I have if I want to play that game? Exactly. Um, but that, that piracy talk aside, um, because we have Breath of the Wild here, I've, everyone's talking about the new one that came out. I've not played the first one yet because... I haven't touched the switch. I like quite honestly, it sits. Uh, it, I think it's right there. It's it's right over there. You can kind of see it. It right there. It yep. sits right back there, and it rarely gets touched. But I'd rather play it on the Steam Deck where I can optimize it. Yep. So I think that's going to be my next project. Um, is to try to see if I can get all of those biases off. That's just because I'm a geek. I'm a nerd, and I'm a techie guy, and I just it seems really interesting to me to be able to do all of those things it's the same reason why i bought the low-end steam deck model with the intent of taking it apart it's the same reason why i've taken apart every one of the electronic devices i've had and cleaned them and modified them and replaced thermal paste like my xbox 360 i did myself my you know multiple ps3s i've done myself and sold a couple of them um like I, i i want to know how it works i want to know how to do these things on my own and like the steam deck for me for a tink as a tinkerer um, it's fantastic. Yep. I can, I can tw- tinkle, tw- tinker and twick away of try to figure out how to get this thing to the place where I want it. But that having been said, I absolutely love where it's at. And for the record, I absolutely love desktop mode with just the little trackpads that they have. That's yep. the one thing that that ROG ally doesn't have is no, tra- is our trackpads. Right. And everyone's like, Oh, these are horrible to use. Okay, sure. I'm not going to do FPS shooting with a trackpad. You're right. A mouse and a keyboard is probably better for that. But for me, just doing standard desktop operations, left click, right click, typing stuff out, it works perfectly fine. Exactly. I actually avoided doing that uh, that Cry Utilities update because I was like, oh, I've got to type in all this stuff and maybe I should do this dock. It's screw it. I'm just going to try it and see what happens. And I got through it just fine. Or, just, it buy, just, fine. or just buy, I can find it here. Somewhere I got it. The, the mini keyboard. 
the mini keyboard. That's one of those things I need because they're basically like the size of a phone. Because um, I'm getting ready to go. Yeah. My work, my work is getting ready to send me to. Oh darn! I've got to go to Orlando for a national conference. Mm, shucks. <laughs> In June too. Oh darn! Uh, I'll I'll muscle through it. But I a thousand percent intend to take my Steam Deck with me. Right. And I have all the stuff that I feel like I need, but I would love to be able to bring the dock so I could hook it up to the TV there. I'd love to be able to bring a mouse and keyboard and like a DualSense con- controller so that I can actually play on the TV at the hotel. As right. opposed, do you know what I mean? Like I've already yep. started, all these gears are starting to turn in my head. I'm like, well, all I need to actually make that work is a dock. <laughs> I've got a dock and I've got my Steam Deck and I got power and I got a DualSense controller with me. I can do yep. this. You can do anything you need to do with it. I need to clean my desk. I can't find anything. Somewhere up here is my little little uh, keypad. It's like a um, it's a Bluetooth, um, you know, like keyboard. Yeah, kind of like kind of the um, what am I thinking? Uh, like a BlackBerry sized kind of keyboard. Yeah, it's it's about like that big. Yeah, you know, and it's it's got a trackpad on it too. I think so. Yeah. I yeah, I've seen, seen those, but, but yeah, it's it's pretty snazzy. And you use it for like if you're hacking anything or trying to um, like if I need to go into the arcades and I need to go into the actual sure, sure. BIOS or whatever side of it is, you know, you just use that. You Bluetooth in and it's just like you're, you know, being able to keyboard in. It has a little thumb thing. So it's like a mouse pad, you know. Oh, that's cool. It, it's pretty cool. I just don't know what the hell I did with it. <laughs> well, like I said, to be honest with you, I've gotten... I've done enough typing on consoles like the PS3, like the PS4, like the PS5, like to be able to just use the controller. Oh yeah. See that thing, that thing's freaking awesome. Yep. Yep. And it has the, the little mouse input and then it has the little D pad type thing. Sure. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. I'm going to have to get one of those, but yeah, so that's my plan. I've got like about three and a half weeks, four weeks uh, until I'm making that trip. I just want to pick up. A, I think I'm just going to do it. I'm going to pull the trigger, buy a dock. I'm probably going to get the JSOX one because it actually. The one thing that I'm concerned with is because I have it in a case mm-hmm. that it will not sit in the uh, OEM dock. The JSOX case, it will because JSOX also or JSOX. JSOX. I don't know. I've always seen it pronounced S A U X is is so JSO, but I hear everyone else online calling it JSOX. I think it's probably JSO is probably the right one, but whatever. Um, that's the company that made the the case that I have, which I love. Um, yeah. So they all they also make a dock for it, which will fit it in their own case. Um, I have I should probably go grab it. The reason why I got that JSOX one because the, there's a um, there's a case out there called the Kill Switch, um, which is fantastic. It's got like this hard you know cover on the front, so if you drop it in any way, shape, or form, it's fairly. The JSOX one does the exact same thing for half the yeah. price. So mine has like a hard cover that covers over the screen and. I have five dogs, so we get a little bit of pet dander around the mm-hmm. house, so it's dusty. Whenever I pop that thing off, the whole thing's clean, covers over the intakes, everything's fantastic. Yep. It's absolutely in perfect condition every time I open it. And, shh, I may have dropped mine accidentally on a hardwood floor with that case on, and nothing happened. I didn't do it on purpose. I had a, I, I, It slipped out of my hand, and it may have fallen about three feet, but in that case, nothing happened. Right. So yeah, I, yeah. the screen didn't crack. I was like, oh, it, it, I think it landed on the corner and then went face down. I'm like, oh, God, I totally cracked the case. Nope, popped the lid off. Everything's fine. Yep. So I didn't intend to battle test that thing, but apparently it needed it. And now I know. Yeah, sometimes. I wouldn't recommend it. doing it every day. I don't intend no, to. No, no. Don't, 
Don't use it like a basketball or anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So there we do. I think we've, unless you got anything else you want to add, I think we did our Steam Decks and Aquariums anyway. Yep. I believe so. Uh, I believe we are going back to our regular schedule. So in two weeks, I'm the show. Uh, we're basically putting this one in the can so that Chris has this to edit whenever he gets back um, and that we're keeping on our regular schedule. So I do appreciate that. I know he has a whole bunch of stuff, but before I go, I'll say, Sean, always good talking to you, my friend. Yep. Always good to be here. All right. And then I know he has a whole bunch of stuff. Chris, when you're editing this, could you edit in all your fun stuff of, hey, you know, check out the Patreon, all that, all this. I've never memorized that. I just... I zoned out. I'm not gonna lie. At that point, I zoned out. We just know it all points back to dice hate somehow. Yep, exactly. I'm not gonna lie. Usually at this point in the time in the night, I'm kind of tired and like, all right, Chris, take that, please. Thank you. So, take it away. All right. So that is gonna do it for this one. I hope you enjoyed. We will get back to regular gaming conversation on the next show. We just wouldn't have this little offshoot show for fun. So, as always, guys, like that. Thanks for listening to a Lack of Focus podcast brought to you by Dice Hate Productions.